Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving to the supermarket. It is Saturday, February 6th, I believe. Uh, you know, time is meaningless. Um, and uh, so I, I had a pretty good end of the month last month. I ended up picking up Token Druid. Um, Ridiculous Hat recommended I try it to see if I could fit it into a uh, to fit it into a lineup for THL that week, and it worked out pretty well for me. And I ended up like climbing a good like fifteen hundred, two thousand ranks inside top one thousand, which is not some place that I am used to being. Um, and then I so I got there on like the Saturday before um, the month ended, and then just kind of stopped queuing because <laughs> I'm like I'm not messing this up. And, and I would very much like to get the 11X. I really would like to not mess this up. So I didn't play it all on Sunday. And then ended up getting the 11X. And um, so, the, the, the you know, I'm pretty happy to have done that. Because, like, the last time... I've only gotten 11X, like, once before. And that was... That was, like... I, I don't... It was, a, it was weird. Like, I don't want to say... I don't like saying that it was a fluke. But I also, like, was at, like, 3,000 Legend and got it somehow which is not the way that I expect it's supposed to work. So I don't know why that happened. Um, but this time I was like 950 at the end of the month, which I'm really happy with with finishing that high, right? Like uh, it was, it, it felt good to get, actually get a good finish for once. Um, and then getting the 11X made the climb a lot easier. I ended up just kind of playing a bunch of random stuff until rank five, kind of ran to a wall because like the first couple days is like, you know, you're running, you're queuing. It's, it's like, I don't get ladder anxiety very much anymore, but when I'm queuing and I'm running into people who I recognize like a lot, it's a little bit concerning. Like I've queued into Cydonia more than once. Um, I, I queued into Fled, um, you know, at, on, on the second day of the month. And, and it's like, you know, again, I, I know that I'm a good enough player to at least, like, be able to take a game from any of these folks here and there, but even then, it's still a little bit intimidating, but I, I kind of got myself up to Diamond 5. Um, I mean, the first day of the month I streamed, and I was playing Res Priest, and that just was not a good idea, and um, I, I kind of played more meta decks the second day, I got myself up to Diamond 5, and then kind of hit the wall again, and um, and then I, I found Matted Arms in, in Discord had posted this quest warlock from Fino. And I'm like, okay, this looks like jank, but I'm at a floor. So what do I have to lose? I'm getting two stars a win. Like, let's try it. And then I went 10 and six and took it straight up to legend. And it was in a day. And it was, it was a lot of fun actually. Like, you know, in the way that like some of the meta decks just like are not a lot of fun right now. Um, like this was actually a lot of fun and I ended up beating, I forget if it was a, uh, I think it was a ramp paladin for my, uh, who was my final boss. And, um, I ended up getting, so it runs free admission with Ticketus and Envoy and like, uh, just like a bunch of demons. So you're always getting a discount off of whatever you hit off the free admission. So I'd gotten a Ticketus off the free admission and I'd been able to philosophy it twice, and by the third ticket, as they conceded, and uh, you know, it was it was it was something. And I basically just gotten rid of like the rest of the value in their deck, and and they just didn't have anything left to do. Um, I don't know that I would recommend it. 
Um, it was, it was definitely the kind of deck that I could play at 11x, and as long as I was getting a good win rate, like, I mean, I, I had 60% win rate will get me to Legend, but it got me to Legend very quickly, given that I had the 11x, but it was fun. And if you're at a floor and you want to try it, I would, I would not turn you away from it. I, I think it's a, it, with some refinement, it could actually be a legitimate deck. It's just there's a lot of stuff in the meta right now that makes it kind of hard. Um, but yeah, so I'm there, and now I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do, um, you know, as far as, like, I do have a little bit of ladder anxiety because I don't want to lose ranks, but I also know if I don't queue that I'm not going to get better, and I, this is an opportunity also to play against players at that, rank, at that level, um, you know, which I, you know, I don't want to waste, so I'm trying to figure out how to make the best of that time, but, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way that things turned out this month. So what I want to talk about this week is um, building a Conquest lineup and, and, and how to interpret stats that are for Conquest versus for Ladder. Um, this is something that obviously, like, I'm not playing in qualifiers right now. I, maybe I should, I don't know, but I just, you know, I, I, d dedicating that much, that much time in the weekend is, is tough. Um, but I am doing all of the stats for the dashboard but you can find it off curve.com slash masterstore. If you are playing in a qualifier or thinking about it, there is a wealth of knowledge and, and, or not knowledge, but information in that dashboard. If I do say so myself, I have been tweaking it fairly regularly, um, you know, and kind of just trying to polish it up. And I'm not really making any huge renovations right now. I didn't really put a lot of time in it, quite honestly, before um, the qualifier started because I didn't know if qualifiers were going to start up again. So it wasn't really worth me putting a lot of time into. Um, but I did, I have been putting a lot of time into it recently. Um, so you can you can go and see what's there. Um, but I, I think that it's it's important to know that the, the stats that I'm doing for that dashboard are very different than what you're doing for what you would be using for ladder. And I think that it's important to um, to look at what you can take from that to ladder or vice versa. And also kind of talk about if you've never really built a conquest lineup before, like what you should be thinking about if you are planning to get yourself into qualifiers. Cause I think that it, it's, it is a little bit different. Like it's still Hearthstone, but the, the decks that you choose to bring and the, and the card choices that you make do change a little bit. And if you try to take, and, and this is a, con, a conversation we've had as long as I've been doing the show, but if you do try to take ladder stats and apply them to conquest or vice versa, you sometimes can get yourself into a trap, um, you know, like without taking into account some of the assumptions that would make those environments a little bit different. So let's start with what makes those stats different, right? Because like, if you look at the... Um, if you look at the dashboard at, at pretty much any given time over the last like week or so that a week and a half that I've been collecting the data, you would see like Silas OTK warrior is like the best deck by win rate and it's not close. Right. And, and Silas OTK warrior is not a bad deck, but it's not necessarily the deck that I would try to ladder with. So like what's making that different. Right. And then you'd see things like resurrect priest having a fairly high win rate in qualifiers when I, and again, I tried that on ladder. It did not go well at all. And, and this is something that 
I, I needed to see if it was also good on ladder or not, which is why I did that. But it's, it's kind of something that also it's worth keeping in mind that those two environments change. So like, why would res priest be a good conquest deck, but not a good ladder deck, right? So in general, right, like the ban makes a really big difference in terms of what you're going to see. And, and even without the ban, like the constellation of decks you're going to see in a qualifier is generally like a lot more condensed than what you're likely to run up against in ladder. And the other thing is that you're never going to you're not going to have to beat the same deck more more than once in a row. Right? So like if you like you are going to have to beat it in successive qualifiers, but you win it or successive rounds rather, not successive well, successive qualifiers too. Um but you wouldn't necessarily have to you wouldn't see like a parade of weapon rogues, right? Like that's not a thing that would happen. So, um, you know, it's a matter of understanding like what makes a deck like that a viable pick. And, and a lot of it is reading the meta and the meta changes, right? Because you are not just like a meta is never going to be more than 33% of whatever you're looking at because everyone, because you can't play the same deck more than once. So what'll happen in ladder is that you just need to be able to beat all covers, right? Like you're, you're going to queue against different people. It's best of one. And then you need to be able to beat them and your deck needs to be good against whatever you're expecting to see. And there might be some matchups that you're willing to concede. Right. But for the most part, like those shouldn't be too much of the, of the, of the meta or whatever. In Conquest, you have a couple of different ways you can build a lineup. And one of them that's valid is just, especially in a best of three environment like the qualifiers are, is just deciding that you're just not going to let a certain deck win, right? So you may have, it's which is called hard targeting. So you may have a deck that is that you know is a good percentage of the meta, let's say in Rage Warrior, right? Because almost every Conquest lineup right now has a Warrior in it. So you kind of need to have a plan for Warrior. So let's say, and I don't know how, you, how you're targeting in Rage Warrior necessarily, but let's just say that you are, right? So you may have a deck that loses to whatever else they have in, the mat, in, their, in their lineup and you do not care because as long as you can beat the Enraged Warrior twice, you win, right? So there are decks that have lower win rates because they're they're not intended to beat any deck except a certain one that they're targeting, which is also the reason that certain decks that are very good on ladder, maybe if they're targetable, could have very bad win rates in Conquest. A great example of this, I forget which warrior it was, I think it was Bomb Warrior, um, towards the end of the last the last time that we had Conquest, um, a Conquest meta, because people were just targeting it really hard, or banning it if they if they couldn't target it. So if a deck is, is targetable, but also really strong otherwise, then it will either get banned or targeted, and when it and when that happens, the, the win rate of the deck gets skewed really hard. Right, because the only people who are going to play against it are the ones that want to play against it because they know they can beat it. So, it's it's important to know the the environment in conquest 
and like in, on ladder, if a deck is fifty five percent, it's fifty five percent, right? There's enough of a of a um, there's enough of a sample size there in a best of one that if it's fifty five percent, it's fifty five percent. In conquest, it's not necessarily that way. It doesn't necessarily mean that the deck is bad, and which is why I don't try to extract expand on, um, you know, like this deck is bad because it's got this win rate in qualifiers. Like I don't do that, right? Because and it's the same thing with like OTK Demon Hunter right now. Like you can, it it's actually doing very well, and it's winning qualifiers that it's playing in, but it also hard loses to Elusia. So you're th those those lineups can just ban Priest. If there's a fair amount of Priest on ladder, which there has been the last couple days, at least at, at least at High Legend, that was the reason Fino built that Warlock that I was playing, because he just wanted to be Priest. Then it's very hard to play OTK, War OTK Demon Hunter, because if you play into, if you run into a Priest, it's just like an instant loss, right? Like, if they draw Lucia, they win, for the most part. Um, so, but also, like, OTK Demon Hunter, like, it may just get banned out a lot unless, you know, you have decks that are designed to, to beat it. So, it's important to, to keep in mind, like, when you're looking at those stats, like, you have to be a little bit more, use a little bit more critical thinking when you're looking at those statistics and, and kind of figure out, like, why a deck that should be performing well isn't, right? Because it may just be that the decks that are being brought against it are good against that and and this this particular meta with the ban available isn't lining itself up for that so you do need you know and and card choices kind of go into the same vein like you may run different cards in a conquest lineup than you would in um you know in a in a ladder environment because if you know for example that you're never going to play you're going to ban rogue a hundred percent of the time and you, then you don't need to keep weapon removal for weapon rogue. You just know it's not a thing. Or, or you know, you're going to ban weapon rogue, not necessarily rogue entirely, but like weapon rogue 100% of the time. You don't need weapon removal as much, right? Because the other decks that have weapons aren't abusing them the same way. So then you can, t you can free that up for making yourself better against the other matchups, which maybe you're a little bit not as good as, not as good against. So like even the card choices in the lists right like you need to you need to look at what is the goal of this lineup and then we'll talk about that next like what the goal of the lineup is um in order to understand like what the card choices and the deck choices are okay so let's talk about how to build a lineup now right and and there there are a lot of different approaches to this and this is just kind of like this is mostly the kind of the thought process that I end up going through with um, you know, when I'm, when I'm setting up my lineup for THL for the week, or if I'm helping my teammates pick a lineup for the week, this is kind of the, the thought process that I go through and you'll hear, you know, this may not be for everybody, but this is kind of some things that I've learned after doing THL for a number of seasons and, and having a reasonable amount of success in that format, at least. I haven't, like I said, I haven't played qualifiers a lot just because I don't really have the time to devote to them, but I've done a fair amount of, um, you know, of conquest play just in, in terms of 
of the THL environment. So, like, I think the first thing that you really want to do, especially if you're new to Conquest, what I'd really recommend is go through, like, Vicious Syndicate, right? Forget the stats. Just go through the list of decks that they're tracking and write down how, just write down on a piece of paper how many of them you are comfortable enough to play in a competitive environment. Forget about matchups. Forget about about everything. Like, which decks do you know well enough that you don't need to think about a lot of things and you're, you know, past the learning stage with them, right? Because at the end of the day, like, you can, you can get lost in stats. And this is coming from a data guy, right? And it took me a while to figure this out. And I lost a lot of matches before I figured this out. That you can get you can get cute and you can try to, you know, beat the meta and you can try to, you know, you know, level everybody. But at the end of the day, if you're playing decks that you don't know well, you will have a lower win rate than decks that you that you know cold. Right? So like and 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 I think that there is a benefit in just knowing knowing a deck and knowing all the potential plays and just having that wealth of knowledge that will serve you better even if you end up in a bad matchup sometimes you'll have a better chance of pulling those bad matchups out than um than otherwise and and also you kind of know it kind of helps you know what your strengths and weaknesses are when you're doing that right because you know these decks really really well so you're going to know what you win against and what you lose to and what your game plan is in in unfavored matchups and maybe how to beat how to win some matchups that other people would lose right don't like a lot of this is just and and i think you it's it, you also kind of don't want to underestimate when you're in like a single elimination format or a tournament format like how much additional like nerves and stress there can be if you're not used to it and so the more that that's there the less that you want to be thinking about mechanics with a lot of these decks. Like, I would not bring OTK Demon Hunter if you don't have a lot of games on OTK Demon Hunter without, you know, just because the, the stats say that it's a good deck to bring, right? I, and I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. I'm just saying in general, like, that's a hard deck to pilot. And if the stats were to say to bring it, you would want to be very proficient with it before you even considered it, even if the stats are saying it's good, right? So what what you want to do once you have that list is um, one of the things that I have on my site, especially if you're talking about qualifiers, um, on the deck matchups tab, there are a bunch of filters. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm prepping a lineup is I'll take all those decks, I'll filter down to just those on the player deck side, and they just kind of visually see what the matchups look like, right? Like, I have, you know, blue is, the darker blue on my site is the better, the darker the blue, the better, and the darker the red, the worse, right? So, like, you want to be seeing, like, where's your blue and where's your red? Um, obviously, mirrors are a thing. And then that kind of helps you figure out what your strategy should be, right? We'll get to the ban in a second. Right, but like, you want to know what your matchup spread looks like across the decks that you have available to bring to you. Because if you're if you're just looking at the whole list, right, of all the decks that exist in the meta, 
then you can end up going down a bad path of bringing decks you're not comfortable with. This way, we're starting that conversation with what decks can I play and then limiting it from there. And that might help you build a slightly different matchup, a slightly different lineup than like what what's the quote unquote the best matchup against the meta because you're building the best lineup for you. It doesn't matter what the best lineup is for the meta. It matters what's the best lineup that you can pilot, right? So once you have that down and you can, you can sometimes do things like, you know, maybe you want to throw out Shaman, right? Or, you know, a couple of, there might be a couple classes that you're just not expecting to play against and you don't really care what the matchups are. Um, you know, if you just want to make the, make the, the visual a little bit easier to, to read, but in general, right? Like you want to see like, where's the red and where's the blue, right? Where's the red is where you're going to start targeting your bands. Right. So in general, if a, you don't necessarily want to ban just because like one of your decks is bad against it. Like you can, you can deal with a bad matchup where you want to ban is when you're looking at one of the decks that is popular or that you're expecting to see. And there's red across the board for whatever strategy you're looking to play. Right. That's a deck you want to ban. Because you don't want to, you don't want to just give away a win to uh, to a particular deck, right? You don't want to start in the hole, especially a qualifier where it's best of three. Like you don't want to, you don't want to start that start that climb down again, right? So you're you're generally going to want to ban whatever's red across the board, and then you look at what's left, right? And then you're you, that's when you this is when you start getting into what's the what's the strategy that you want to take now this is if you're doing like a good deck strategy right if the the flip side is that if your decks are all like heavy blue against something that is expected to be very popular again the enraged warrior example that i had earlier that's when you can start looking at a target strategy where you just bring all those decks and you don't you know you can ban out um, you know, accordingly based on, based on feel or whatever, but the ban is in that, in that case, isn't as important as, um, what am I, what am I trying to target? Now it's very important that if you're doing this, that you want to make sure that you, you, you generally don't want to end up with a mirror if you can help it though. It's not the worst thing in the world. Just because that's that's always going to be 50-50, right? So you don't you don't want the match to come down to well, I was able to target it except for the mirror and then lose to it. Um, the other the other point is that you don't want it to be like well, I can mostly target it, right? Because then they just ban one of your good decks against it, and then you're not targeting it anymore. Especially again in best of three, because they'll just play against the deck that's not as good. Right, so you do need to think about what's going to happen if your when your opponent bans too, and what your opponent's likely likely ban in that scenario. Also, you really need to be sure that that deck is prevalent. Right, if you go in for a hard target strategy, and your opponent doesn't have it, you're going to be in for a rough time. So it, this is generally only valid when there's a best deck in the meta, because you can't. And, and I don't even know if Enrage Warrior counts right now. Like Enrage Warriors in a lot of lineups, but it's not in every lineup. So you, it may be some of the kind of thing where you want to make sure that it's going to be almost an, an auto bring 
so that you know that it's going, you're going to be able to target it. Because again, when you don't, when you can't do that, that's when things start to fall apart. So, and and I mean, your band in general, right, is going to tr is going to determine your decks. Like if you're trying to choose between two decks, like the band can help you break the tie. In that case, I, I don't think you want to necessarily stick to, uh, you know, a hard and fast ban rule because you do want to be flexible based on what your opponent's bringing. And, and again, like this is something that you can do with that deck matchups tab on the dashboard. Again, at offcurve.com slash masters tour. I don't remember if I mentioned that before or not. Um, where you can then do exactly the same thing, but now you're only putting in those four decks that are, or three or four decks that are in your lineup versus the three or four decks in your opponent's lineup. And wherever you see the most red across the board, that's your ban, right? So you can you can use it that way to kind of be a little bit more flexible about what your ban is and make sure that you're banning correctly. Now, it's important, again, just like with deck selection, that you don't blindly follow the data, right? If you see that a deck is, like, if you're very skilled on a particular deck and there's a matchup that the data says is bad, but you know you can win it, trust yourself, right? Don't just find, blindly follow the data. Now, if the data reinforces your, you know, feeling from having played the deck, absolutely go with it. But like, if you're, if you're looking at it and it's like, well, I know that my personal stats, I have a 55 to 60% win rate against this deck, but the stats say that it's 40%, then go again, go with your gut right? People may be banning it out or, or not able to ban it out when they should, or there could be some scenarios where people are just playing decks because they're quote unquote the best deck and they don't know how to play that matchup, but you do because you've been, because you followed my advice from the beginning and you're only playing decks that you know how to play really well. So, you know, everything is just an average. It's, it's there to kind of help you formulate and formulate an approach and back up your approach. So if you, but if you know better than the data, trust yourself. And this is something that I learned, again, I had to learn early on when I was started on this THL team and Zoroshio from Hero Power is on my team. And he, he is, um, how, how should we put this? Zoroshio is very creative <laughs> and he will generally play off meta decks. And I, at first tried to use the data to try to convince him that no, you should be playing this instead. And he would tell me, no, 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 I got this. And he did. And, you know, unquestionably he did. He had it. He knew what he was doing. So, um, but, you know, if he listened to me and he just played the things that the, da that the, the data told him to play, he probably would have lost more of those matches, right? So you do need to make sure that the data is not a substitute for your own game knowledge. You will always you will always do better by, by knowing yourself and knowing your own strengths and weaknesses and then using the data to supplement that rather than letting the data dictate to you what you should be doing. I mean, that's the same reason that I don't recommend just going down like the deck win rate tab in the dashboard and saying, oh, well, these are the best three or four decks. That's what I'm going to play. No, don't do that. First of all, the decks go together for particular reasons because they're targeting certain things or they're, they're, they're covering each other's weaknesses. So you never really want to do that. 
Um, but also, like, if you don't know how to play Silas OTK Warrior, good luck. <laughs> you know? It's, it's not something you really want to start bringing with you, you know, just because the data told you to do it. But if you follow this approach, I think you, you might surprise yourself at how well you do. But again, you need to spend time practicing. And, and that doesn't mean that what you, you, um, you can't look at the data afterward and say, okay, well, I have this hole in my lineup, but if I were to learn deck X, then I might be able to cover that. That's a valid thing to do. Just make sure you're actually, I mean, one thing to keep in mind is that you don't want, you, you don't want to rely on that. Um, like you want to do that when it makes sense, but keep in mind that learning something under time pressure is not a great thing in general. Like you're always going to be able to learn a deck better when you're just out to learn it rather than you're learning it in a time crunch to try to figure it out because it's the best thing for your lineup by a certain point. Like it's just hard to get, to get that kind of game knowledge in with it quickly. But also like, again, you're, you're going to be newer on that deck. You're not going to necessarily be able to, to have the same experience that you would with something else. So I would say that it's, it's valid to, and I wouldn't try to do this with more than one deck, right? Like I'm not learning a whole, a whole lineup before an event. I, I would say you're, you're sticking to what you know, and then, um, and then adding in one deck if it helps. And, and what I would say is that when you're looking at the numbers, I don't think it's unreasonable to say, if you, if you know a deck really well to bump up all your win, all the win percentages in the matchups by like 5%, um, and, and drop it by 5% if you're, if you're new on a deck, right? just to kind of account for the experience factor. Like I would say that it's, if you're not, if you're not experienced on a deck, you're probably going to have a five to 10% less win rate, um, than somebody who's, who's been playing it, you know, pretty consistently and knows the deck really well and vice versa. If you, um, if you do know a deck really well, that's probably worth about a five to 10%, um, win rate in, in terms of the matchups. But again, you know, it depends on the matchup. Like some matchups are just bad no matter what, if you're going from like, a 25 to 35% win rate doesn't matter, you know, but you know, and, and, you know, I just, I just would caution you to try to learn decks in a hurry if that's not your strong suit, right? It, it's just always going to work better with, with decks that you have down cold, but you know, the data can kind of guide you into, well, what should I be learning ahead of the next one too, right? Like what, what decks should I be focusing on to be able to cover up that whole for the next thing. That's also a valid approach. Or if you're looking at it like after a week's concluded or whatever, like that's also a valid approach and that's something else that you can do. So there's a lot of different things that you can look at there. Um, but I, I would say that, you know, again, I'm speaking as someone who plays with data for a living, both within this dashboard, but also in my day job, that you really do want to use the data as a supplement. Don't give yourself over to the data. Once you give yourself over to the data, I think that's where a lot of people fall, you know, kind of fall flat. And then they don't understand why, because they were doing whatever the best thing was. You need to do the best thing for you, not necessarily just the best thing. All right. So that's going to do it for, uh, for me for this week. As always, um, you can find all the links, uh, for this episode and every episode at offcurve.com. You can follow the show's account at offcurve, which has, um, it has announcements for when new episodes go live, as well as when I add new features to the dashboard, which is you can find at offcurve.com slash masters tour. 
Uh, that's the one that I've mentioned a few times already in this episode. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at WikiGood. Uh, that's where I post all those things and then a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, you can, if you're interested in watching me stream, I stream uh, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern at uh, twitch.tv slash wikigoodfm. That Thursday night might be changing soon. Um, I, I can't really talk about it yet, but there may be something that's um, happening on Thursdays that's going to make me move that. And I'm trying to figure out when that's going to go. But for right now, it's Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And the Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern shouldn't be affected. Um, you can also join the Discord, which is a lovely group of people um, who are kind and courteous and knowledgeable and handsome and beautiful and all those things at uh, discord.offcurve.com. And, um, yeah, that's about it. So if you're playing the qualifiers, good luck. Um, if you're just trying to, you know, get to Legend or, or improve your game on Ladder, good luck to you too. And uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.